Hey folks, this is Glenn, and you're listening to an all-new episode of Glenn is Talking Man from New York. In this episode, I'm about to get canceled, or maybe not, but I am talking about cancel culture, a term I'm sure that you've heard a lot about over the years, our discussion. So what exactly is cancel culture? Uh, Let's go to our good friend Wikipedia at this moment which defines cancel culture or call-out culture as a modern form of ostracism in which someone is thrust out of social or professional circles, either online or social media, in the real world or both. Those who are subject to this ostracism are said to be canceled. Now, we know what that means. It means that when a public figure, a politician, a celebrity, someone says something which is considered offensive, there usually is a call for some sort of penalty, right, for that person either to be fired or removed from whatever position they're in, or if they're selling a product for people to boycott that product. So cancel culture isn't something new. People have been calling out people as long as there's been people. I'm sure there was one caveman who told a bunch of other cavemen, hey, that cave guy over there, uh, not so nice. Don't don't go hunting with him. He, he, he offended me, you know, in whatever language they use. So as long as there have been people, there's been someone saying that other person is bad. We should do something about them. However, with social media and the Internet, uh, it is a new thing in how quickly people can go from being beloved to being despised and there's a lot of debate over cancel culture in fact there are some extreme opinions about it on one side we've got people who see cancel culture as almost some existential threat to freedom of speech they see any call for consequence as an example of cancel culture you know Make an extreme case, it would be like saying, "Hey, you can't cancel Charles Manson. He, he, he only incited people to murder. He, we can actually do it." That's like a extreme example of people who think any calling out of someone is is wrong and it has huge compl- implications on free speech. Then on the other side, we've got people who say that cancel culture doesn't exist. They say it's not it's really not a thing because they see people who find themselves in these controversial situations where they may have said something or something came out about their, uh, you know, past. And that person maybe goes away for a little while, but they come back. Uh, they, they come back. They had, they had a new movie, a new book, uh, a new TV show. So some people say that's an example of saying cancel culture does not exist at all. And I think those are two extreme opinions. And I think where the truth is, is a little bit closer to the middle. And by that I mean, yes, there's a lot of gaslighting around the term cancel culture from people on both sides. So... There are people who people who saying it don't exist are, are basically saying that the people that we wanted punished did not get punished enough, or in some cases there's some cases that people were not punished at all, right? 
So those people saying that doesn't exist because the people that we thought did wrong didn't really face the consequences. And then you got the people on the other side saying, well, there shouldn't be any consequences for just saying something. And that, you know, it violates the First Amendment, which it doesn't because it's about the government uh, restricting your speech. But that's for another episode. So what do we so what are we doing, people? What are we what are we talking about? Now I think one of the biggest issues with cancel culture is that we we kinda always need a villain. Like we, we need someone that we can collectively look upon with disdain and say you're a bad person and you suck and yada yada yada. That's kinda like a, a community building situation. And it's very easy to do that with when celebrities or politicians or some other public figure makes a misstep and say that person should never work again. I don't ever want to see that person again. Now, I will say, I think one of the things contributing to the phenomenon of cancel culture is that many public figures and celebrities are really horrible at public apologies for some reason. I don't know what it is. But back in the day, if you were a celebrity and you got yourself in a situation, you released a nice, a nicely worded statement from your publicist, you may sit down, do like an hour-long interview with some network television personality, and you would be contrite, and you would say, I'm sorry, this is never going to happen again, just give me another chance. And people would either say okay or not, but after a few months, it would blow over, and it would be like, it almost never happened. But now we live in an age where people who are famous, people who are rich, because of social media, actually get into arguments with people they don't know, with complete strangers. You know, somebody who has like a a Bugs Bunny as their picture or something, and and you got somebody who's a billionaire or a famous actor, and they're arguing with someone who they don't know. So this need so we have public figures who seem to be super sensitive or very scared just about the idea of being canceled. Which to me means that cancel culture is real. Because the fact that we do have an environment created around it. However, is it the greatest threat to freedom of speech? I don't think it is. I think it does have an impact, a negative impact though on conversation and discourse. I think people, there are people who might have insightful things that may not be popular, who will not share them because they are afraid, okay, is this going to cost me my job? Or am I going to, people going to make fun of me on Twitter? Or, you know, am I going to be forever tainted with with some sort of label because I had an opinion that wasn't 100% popular? And I think sort of the measure in how we treat people. So you could be someone who like condones murder and you could be rightfully called out and canceled. And then you could be someone who says, you know what, I don't quite like such such singer. I don't, I don't like that actor. And if that person has a huge fan base, you'll be ostracized and you'll be demeaned and made fun of. So there doesn't seem to be an equilibrium in who we call out. So you could be a, you could be the worst person in the world and be called out, which is great. You could just be someone 
who's on your, you know, during lunch, you're on Twitter and you tweet that you didn't, you hated a certain movie or you hated a certain actor. And next thing you know, people were saying that you're terrible and you're ugly and they, they're looking up the way you work at. So we don't have a, a equilibrium when it comes to this thing. And how do we sort of get past this? How do we sort of work through it? I don't really know, to be honest with you. I think we just, people just have to be honest with themselves and with each other. Meaning that, yeah, if you say something, you should always think twice about what you say. It doesn't matter if you're posting it on Facebook or Twitter or if you're just having a conversation uh, with a friend. You should always maybe think twice, uh, especially if you're wading into waters that are very provocative. When you're talking about politics and social issues and another aspect, I guess an offshoot of cancel culture is sort of the, the sort of the rejection of expertise. Meaning that we have a thing where people want to argue and fight with people who are experts in their field, who have experience, and they don't. Meaning someone could be a constitutional law scholar, written and published dozens of books on the law, and here's someone who, you know, works as a barista and is arguing with them and back and forth. Uh, about the law, and uh, so we have this thing where people just automatically uh, reject expertise, and we've seen this in the pandemic. We, we we've seen the thing where people just say, "Ah, yeah, mask, whatever, vaccines, yeah, whatever, social distance, yeah, whatever." Uh, we have this thing where people automatically reject expertise, and why is that? Is because. They find it untrustworthy or it's because it's a sense of uh, empowerment to reject authority and, and expertise in the sense is a form of authority, right? Because someone is saying, this is the information we have. This is the truth. This is what we should do. So you kind of re- you reject that and you, you get to be a rebel, you know, what are you rebelling against? What do you got? So people automatically for that. And that's sort of an offshoot of cancel culture because I do think uh, there's like a, a bloodlust and that might be the wrong term but there's a tendency to want to pick fights so it's easy to pick fights with public figures celebrities people who are experts in their field because they're we know who they are they have a presence they have a name and also it's kind of you know social media is a lot about performance and a lot of times when people are either calling someone out or trying to cancel someone or they're rejecting the idea that anyone should have any consequences for something they said or have done, people are doing it because they're trying to get attention. In the world of professional wrestling, it's called getting over. You're trying to do something to get the audience interested in you. And uh, I think I made a, did a podcast or wrote something about this a couple of years ago, but... Social media is basically professional wrestling for people who don't have muscles. Even though there are a lot of people with muscles on social media. But you know what I mean. It's A lot of it is performance and theater. So, when in professional wrestling, uh, storyline-wise, you've got people 
who are not stars yet who attack a bigger name so they can become a star, so they can uh, get an audience. And we have the same thing on social media where people who deliberately are trying to get into confrontations with celebrities and people who have a reputation because they're trying to get over. They're trying to get an audience. They're trying to say, look at me. I, you know, I'm a nobody, but I just got into a fight with somebody. So that means I'm a somebody now. So that's, you know, a, a big aspect of cancel culture. And also there's this aspect of taste. Uh, if someone that you already dislike for some reason says something that you find either offensive or just kind of weird, it's very easy to say that person is horrible. They should be fired. They should never be on TV or do whatever they do. They don't do it. it it's easy to do that if it's someone that you already don't have a lot of, don't like already. Now, sometimes when someone that we are a fan of does something that is considered provocative or controversial or says something out of sorts, well, we, our tendency is to either kind of be quiet or be like, that's not what they really meant. Uh, give them a chance. Uh, you know, stop time. You're just hating them because they're, they're not the same person that you like. And so these turf wars we find ourselves on, like the cancel culture terrain, uh, so there's a lot more about us than it usually says about the person that we're either trying to cancel or protect from being canceled. So, look, there's going to be some, I'm sure there's someone who's going to listen to this and be like, this whole podcast is stupid and I'm, he shouldn't be talking about this. He's, I'm going to cancel him. I'm not going to listen to this. Who's this fool? And there's going to be someone who might be like, hey, I agree with him 100%. And, you know, you shouldn't disagree with him. So, whenever we put ourselves uh, in these platforms where we, especially those who are not celebrities, those who are not public figures, but essentially, you know, nobodies who have access to everybody and might become a somebody. And that's really the, the biggest thing isn't celebrities or public figures. It's the regular person who manages to catch himself in a firestorm. That's, I think, is the real danger. It isn't some senator uh, being called out or some Hollywood movie star being called out. It's really just the like average person who's on these platforms where maybe they say something awkward or maybe they say something that's you know, ignorant. And that person becomes the villain of the day. That is when you sort of have something akin to like uh, almost like a witch trial, right? And I think we have to come to some sort of meeting of the mind where we just agree to disagree and call people out when we think they're wrong and say, look, I think you're wrong. I disagree with you. But I think sometimes we get so caught up because we, America especially, Western culture, uh, there's this tendency to want to uh, put a penalty on everything. If you do something which is perceived as wrong, you should pay a price, no matter what. And I think that is also at the heart of cancel culture. The need uh, for us to make someone pay a price for doing something that we think is wrong. To, to, to inflict a penalty on them. 
And the thing about cancel culture, we have people who want to inflict penalty on people for wanting to inflict penalty on people. You've got someone who want to cancel someone, and you got people who say, how dare you try to cancel them? You should be canceled. It's a, a cancel culture Coachella going on. Those are just some of my thoughts. Thank you for listening. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Glenn Price Man, Glenn with two ends, Price Man with two ends. Also, email me if you want at podcast at com. You know the deal, man with two wins, Glenn with two wins. And if you want to contribute a little something to the podcast, uh, hit me up on Venmo with the handle at manglenn. Once again, man with two wins, Glenn with two wins. Thank you for listening, and I hope I don't get canceled. <laughs>